0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode. I'm Michael Petro, and joining me on the show is Adam Smoliak and Alison Bile from Film Training Manitoba. Film Training Manitoba is, while their goal is to develop a highly skilled and adaptable workforce to support the activities and the industry of film, in this flourishing province of Manitoba. In addition to its work experience and outreach programs, FTM also delivers practical workshops that provide entry-level and advanced skill development for Manitoba crew members. So essentially, in short, they're a really awesome organization filled with film professionals who want to educate and teach new people. People have been around for a while. They support, they drive... They're passionate about making Manitoba film the best it can possibly be. And it was a lovely conversation. Thank you again, Adam. Thank you again, Allison. I have to warn everybody, Zoom got in the way of this episode, kind of canceled out a little bit at the end. We got the majority in. That's all that matters. So I'm going to fill in the blanks at the end for some information as to where you can find out more about the great people at Film Training Manitoba. Uh, If this is your first time to show, please stick around for a couple more seconds. If you've been here before and you've done this dance, nothing has changed. We have nothing else going on but this podcast. So when in time that you need to stick around for this, I'll let you know. But head on into the quote unquote theater. We'll see you shortly. Um, As for you new people, thank you for giving us a chance, first of all. Uh, that's pretty cool to be like, hey, who are who are these idiots? Let's listen to them. Uh, if you want to learn more about us idiots, you just go to therealdebaters.ca. That's where you can read. That's where you can see. That's where you can speak to all of us on the show. You can see our faces. You can read our blogs. And you can message us. You can email us at therealdebaters at gmail.com. There's also our messenger link there is on the website as well, too. And if you want to support the show, After this, you're like, I want to give these guys some pocket change. You can throw pocket change at us. If you throw more than pocket change, we're going to have to have a conversation because you're crazy. Uh, And if you want to buy stuff, if you're like, these guys are awesome, and you're like, "Uh, I'm going to buy a T-shirt. I need a T-shirt, sweater, hoodie, toque, hat, tote, skateboard. uh, All these things are on our merch site. So that's everything at therealdebaters.ca. As mentioned, therealdebaters at gmail.com is how you can talk to us. And if you want to follow us on social media, it's at Real Debaters. Uh, We do a thing here each week where we like to thank those who talk about us because the more you talk about us, the more people seem to listen. Thank you to our top five friends in San Jose, New Rochelle, Southington, San Francisco, and San Diego. Uh, these are the five top places in America that are spreading the good word about us, and they don't have to. Somehow in their social distance lives, they're talking about us, which is pretty cool if we come up in conversations. Thank you to that. To our friends in Canada. I should have this up, but I never freaking do. Uh, to our friends in Canada, Winnipeg, Vancouver, Kelowna, Dartmouth, and Selkirk, rounding off the top five. We love everybody who listens here, guys. But these people are, like I said, they're conversing, they're spreading the word. They're, I don't know what they're doing, but something's happening. Uh, so thank you very much, for your attention, for your ears, from Jimmy, from Martin, from Mark, and from Rob, they never do this with me because I do this a week after the show. But they all send their uh, their thank yous and their love because yeah, without your ears, we we would just be talking into nothing. I got nothing else for you, so I'm just gonna do the thing I do where I shut up, flick that reel, and you enjoy the show.
1: Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel. Here is a motion picture film. A thousand feet. 16,000 separate photographs. Welcome, everyone, to the official space section of the You the
2: truth? You can't handle the truth. Sir, you're out of order. Out of order. I show you out of order.
0: All right, guys, let's take it from the top one more time. Ladies and gentlemen, the best part about today's podcast is, is that your humble narrator right now forgot to press record. So we were in the throes of some really good nuggets of information that we're going to fast forward and get back into here. So um, anyways, you, you're listening to, you're listening, forget about me, just we're going to get to who you're going to listen to. You're listening to Adam Smolik and Allison Bile from Film Training Manitoba. And we were just talking about the evolution of film training Manitoba, which I think is a perfect place to start. So, Adam, you were talking about um, what film training Manitoba is. So, how about for everybody listening, we'll we'll, we'll just fast forward into it. Um, what is film training Manitoba by definition?
2: So, we're an organization which provides workforce development for Manitoba's film industry. Uh, we were founded in 1999. So we work really closely with industry to um, address training needs. So that means working with production companies and working with unions and working with our industry as a whole to target and plan for training within a given year here in the province.
0: Okay. And both you and Allison have been with uh, Film Training Manitoba for what, close to 15 years now? Is that correct? Correct. All right. So that is that is a very strong working relationship, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I want to know. Let's start off with what do you guys offer at Film Training Manitoba? Like what what are the basic courses that are on the on the list right now for someone? say, Say I'm I want to get in the film. What do I need to take?
2: Well, we're always very careful when people engage with us to really qualify that it's the right fit for them. So our, we're a non for profit charity, so we always want to make sure that people are aware what our services are and how they can go about getting into the industry. So we, we don't ever want a scenario where someone sees something we're doing and just says, gee, I'm just kind of interested in doing this out of sort of uh, just curiosity. We hope we're attracting people for the workforce development. With that said, our flagship online course is called Set Orientation, and it's provided uh, really... Every region uh, in the country has a version of it um, through the locals uh, at the uh, the various unions in the film industry. And the film industry is is unionized everywhere in North America, really everywhere in Europe. And if you're talking about large scale film productions, studio films, for the most part, those are going to be unionized productions. So FTM works closely with the unions, uh, IATSE 856, which is our, our technical workers people that work in the lighting department, or working in hair or makeup, uh, transport. Uh, and then uh, the Directors Guild is a more administrative worker, so people that work as assistant directors or accountants, um, those types of positions. I always say to people, I recommend go to those websites directly and cross-reference things that you might be interested in, and even heck, even give them a call as well. They're, the people that work at all those organizations are very helpful. Right. Um, so what we do in a given year is we have anywhere from 35 to maybe 65 individual specialty courses. Wow. Uh, and those tend to be short duration. Uh, and the class sizes are anywhere from for highly specialized courses. We may only have five people take it. Um, ones that are more broad based, we may have uh, 20 or 30 even um, so it just depends on what the um, what the requirement is and who the partner is and what they uh, what what they're looking to do and how we can work with them.
0: Okay, all right, uh, Allison, what is inset orientation? What, what it, it sounds like something it sounds like I need a compass. Am I right or wrong on that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, it pretty much provides you with like um like how communication strategies between uh, com- uh, between crew on set of uh, the you know production processes. Uh, it covers some of the paperwork that you'd see on set, like, you know, un- understanding a call sheet, navigating, how to navigate your way through a, a, an active uh, film production environment. Um, it also just touches upon, you know, even to some of the do's and don'ts of things that, you know, that, that to not to inter- interrupt the, the, the flow on, on active film production. So certain, you know, things to look out for, some safety is a huge part as well, like how to be, how to work safely and mindful
0: on production. So. Yeah, I feel that I think everybody should take a set orientation. Then, if it helps increase self-awareness, by the sounds of it, like it's a pretty busy environment—a film set, lots of comings and goings. Uh, safety, obviously, a big thing. Um, once you walk away from that course, like how um, how specialized are you guys like i've i know personally but i want other people to know about this should they be coming through manitoba or here and they go well i've always wondered about this booming film industry i see in the newspapers all the time or Mm -hmm. i'm driving around late one night and i see a a road and like lights everywhere and you know 200 people running around like what what can people get into with film training manitoba where is where does that take them
2: well, I'd always say if someone is in that position, and even for yourself, Michael, you know, at any time, we're open as staff members to engage with people and talk to people directly. So we're always open to take those calls and for people to reach out to us. Um, the set orientation course itself is also a requirement of membership of IATSE uh, 856, the Directors Guild and ICG 669, which is the guild for camera that covers all of Western Canada. Um, and so it's a requirement of the, the industry. And you never want to be busted uh, as someone who who hasn't taken that course. I've seen that happen before, where someone says, "Excuse me, you just did X, Y, Z. Have you taken?" Said, or, "Oh, you know, I haven't." And you don't want a situation like that ever for for working crew members where someone's behind on on taking their courses. Um, so that's you know one of the reasons definitely to get it so that you have familiarity of of uh, the best practices in production. Um, you know, uh, another uh, element to, to this as well as if an individual has pre-existing skills. So if someone um, has experience in a certain area within the labor market, they can often match up very well to other um, positions in the industry. So I'll give you an example, you know, someone that might be a hairstylist, could certainly work uh, and go in the direction of learning about working as a, as a, um, a hairstylist and uh, a, a hair key potentially when working in film. There's, there's matchable skills often. So I always recommend, again, going to our website, cross-referencing the various positions and roles within the industry. And then, again, you could always go to the unions or, or even the route of non-union. And that's often the non-union route is really a lot of times through the Winnipeg Film Group. And uh, I know earlier in the, the first part of this, Alice and I were touching base uh, and talking about the, the importance of the film group within our community as an organization which um, has all kinds of services, whether it's equipment. Uh, whether it's uh, some some artistic classes so the film group has all kinds of programming that's very valuable as well and we we have a a different um, framework and different mandate than the film group but we certainly uh, both Allison and myself uh, are uh, are people have have been very involved with the film group in the past. It
0: there's what I love about getting closer to the industry and talking with you guys is that it is a very community-based effort and there's like all of you guys talk to each other like all of the Different groups might have different mandates, like you say, but you're all rooting for the same team. You all want the same outcome and you all work together to do it, which I like you're saying. You were saying the things about Manitoba uh, film and music and they say the same things about you. Like I've I've had conversations with all these amazing people you're talking about and just not on the show yet. And it's it's this lovely community effort. But yeah, Allison, you were you were talking about how you kind of came up with the Winnipeg Film Group. Um, That was pretty integral for for you before FTM, was it not?
1: yeah oh for sure and um i think i think in, actually in, in university i did get a bit of exposure to film production when i was taking a a, a production a production des- theater production design course a second year course and we were a small group and our professor said do you want to go on a field trip when my former students she works in the art department on a movie do you want to go to well let's go visit her and it was and it was one of these like pre pre um tax credit it was like a low budget uh it was a roswell you know roswell alien invasion uh, yeah. and it was these like low budget movies like they were showing on like the w channel or the wd wb <laughs> channel like one of those like american cable channels yeah
0: another one we yeah. went
1: to go to like we went to an abandoned like milk fat warehouse like in st james it probably was like a safeway where like a safeway storage warehouse but We went in there and it was all like the desert trying to replicate Roswell. And I was like, this is cool. How can I get into this? And that's kind of where I, with the film group and uh, getting into low budget films. So it was that kind of little spark to that.
0: So there is, there is an evolution of, of the 15 years of FTM. And I like to talk about everything, like it's an origin story or a movie, because it's just easy to reference. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you get to move people so you'll get it uh, so the early the inception the early FTM stuff what were you guys teaching then I know what you're teaching now like the industry has just jumped leaps and bounds. I think
1: we used to we used to do all of the required courses in class so we took up a lot of time doing like in class set orientation in classes like a couple times a month and we did in class information sessions and uh, like we'd book a monday night and people could come in and, and interact with us and all like in all the required courses we were heavy on those as well i'm sure adam can attest to that So we used to have we had more staff and we had one person and her job was just organizing those courses all the time once a month 10 times, you know so that was her job strictly doing that and we had pretty like rudimentary record keeping at the time so everything was like excel you know typing it all into excel and calling people and uh, get collecting you know we didn't have debit I don't think they had a debit back then so it was all just like like that awesome. ch-
2: uh, so. you're, giving me, you're giving me a flashback do you remember
1: the photocopying we used to do oh yeah photocopying <laughs> like binders like phone books oh miniseries. my god oh, yeah. all the paperwork so paperwork heavy just like film productions are he- paperwork heavy as well yeah because yeah, we have color we codes so... we have to we'd have to buy tablets of paper for every because there's a whole photocopy color breakdown you know like like distro white, list, yellow, pink, like green, light green, tan. So we were like, yeah, okay, well, for that orientation, let's get all the paper <laughs> Yeah. So, so, so just heavy, paperwork. Just to, heavy.
2: just to clarify this, so for for listeners that are that aren't, they're hearing this in film. There's a distro list, right? And so when the film when the script goes through revisions, there's a revision list of colors that the film so that they can stay organized. So. They have various, uh, I don't know which, in in different regions probably have different color codes, but essentially you'll have a green page, a blue page, a yellow page, uh, pink pages, and you'll go through. And so what Film Training Manitoba used to do when we first really got going as an organization back in the late 1990s and and early 2000s, this sort of started to wrap up a little bit when I first started 15 years ago, but we literally would print out these massive booklets on the photocopying machine of changes within scripts and sides and all the rest of it. And it was days and days of just you'd be photocopying like crazy to prepare a set orientation course or an intro to paper course. And so Allison's correct that our initial offerings as an organization were the basic courses, required courses. But what we've been able to do is put those courses as a distance style um, learning output now. And now we're more into the realm of specialty classes, more focused actually a lot on, on skills development in the areas of technology or budgeting and a lot of one-on-one now. So as I, I think I said earlier, we go anywhere from 35 to 65 individual courses in a given year now.
1: And, uh, and also where do, what Adam mentioned, like specialized courses. So yes, we're doing like introduction to accounting or introduction to the production office or introduction, um, you know, introduction to um, final draft, like specific, you know, computer uh, software or programs or methods. So that's what we're kind of focusing on that. And I guess that's how we kind of differ from other, like, you know, like the film group where our courses are kind of on the very department oriented specific skills. So it is for like assistant production coordinators to learn or what to, for an accounting clerk. So these are all very laser specific.
2: Yeah, and we're we're careful about the way that we market our programming or the way that we target our programming. So let's say we do a course on introduction to final draft, which might be a two-day course. We're not saying to people, hey, you take final draft and you're going to be, you know, the two-day course and you're going to be the master of final draft. It's essentially we're going to have a, a practitioner come in and go through exercises with you and train you on the usage of this program so you're familiar with final draft when you go and you work within production. But that's the thing; you always have to be careful with people because uh, someone's not going to take a one-day course and then go be a film accountant. That's not realistic. But what we can do is do a one or two-day course in accounting and target people that already are accountants. Yes, that are going to develop their skills and then potentially transfer transfer their uh, uh, themselves into those areas within production. Well, you say
0: like the you know if you have a skill set before you before you come into film, if are you a carpenter? Do you make Are you making uh, cabinets, right? Well, Mm -hmm. now you're going to build a set. You're going to build a world, right? So there's that lateral move that you can, that they can do that isn't, they're not fish out of water, so to speak.
1: No, it's like some of the people that have like the basic core skills of a profession or their job. It's like, yes, you can adapt them to production. Like you mentioned carpenters, like, well, a carpenter in film is not building something permanent. So there are some certain principles, like you're not building a house that's to last, you're building a... A wall that's going to be used for one scene and then shifted around and moved around, and then probably at the end of the production will, you know, taken apart. You know, so it's it's not like permanent. It's like they're not permanent. It's portable. It's for the you're using it for the setup for the purpose of this.
2: Well, um, I'll tell you why, why it's so important that FTM exists as an organization. Is people often, when they're engaging and wanting to go work in film, they often don't uh, calibrate their resumes or their approach into the industry. And I'll give you an example of something I had years ago. We we had organized some sessions with a very senior level producer who was helping people on pitching and and giving coaching on how to go work at a at a production company and i remember um, uh, there was a fellow that walked out of the the session and he was talking to me and saying boy you know i got some really good coaching here on how to work in camera and i i went through my resume with her and i said oh i'd love to see it and i looked at his resume and i said well you and i talked one time don't you have a business administration diploma And he said, no, but I just wanted to focus in on camera. And I said, my goodness, you just had a meeting with a senior level producer who owns a production company. Yeah. Would have wanted to have the business admin because you can do budgets. uh, You can do proposals. You're you're you have a a, a education from a very good uh, college here. And sometimes people just don't think of those things. And so that's what we try to do as an organization is to help that qualifying and that coaching. So that when people are going and entering into the industry, that they're really prepared in a good way to put their best foot forward.
0: Are there um, and not I'm just curious if it's just the the solidification of the acknowledgement that the film industry in Manitoba is the best and thus you give the best the best equipment, the best uh, tools. Are, do other places like this exist across Canada and the States? Like, are you, are you going to go to Missouri and find, you know? Uh, no. no, no,
2: we're, we're, we're very, we're very lucky in Manitoba in a lot of ways. We have great tax incentive. As I said before, we have fantastic crews. I just always blown away with how talented our technicians and administrative workers are that work within film. Our production companies are great. But we have some, as an organization, Film Training Manitoba, we have some very unique relationships that allow us to do all kinds of customized training here right in Manitoba. So for instance, we have a great working relationship with William F. White, which is a uh, equipment supply house. Yes. They have cameras, they have lighting equipment. And so often FTM does pre-COVID, of course, we do training where we partner with Whites and go into their warehouse and go into their facilities and actually do customized training with the latest, um, best equipment because William F. White is one of those companies uh, in the country that does that. Um, So we're very fortunate to have that working relationship where we can um, strategize and do training in partnership with Whites, and and then often very, uh, very good training with IATSE that will come in as a partner as well to do specialty training. So for instance, we haven't posted it yet, but we have a course coming up on camera cranes Oh. So we do a two-day course on camera cranes with Francois Balkan, who's a brilliant instructor and technician here in the community. So we do specialty. And I should also make mention, we um, used to have an an expo pre-COVID where we would go to MidCan, which yep. is, I believe, one of the largest um, combinations of a post-production and a, and a company, a, a uh, production company in, in, in between Calgary and, I think, uh, I think it might be even Toronto in between, in terms of the geography, I think they're the one of the, the only organizations in that area throughout, you know, Saskatchewan, Manitoba and Western Ontario that, that uh, does what all the things that they do. And so they have uh, post-production suites, equipment rentals, uh, and they've been a fantastic partner as well to do our expo. So our expo for the last number of years has been, we get a bunch of different cameras from, from MidCan And we shoot footage and we partner with MidCan and then the production side, uh, production company side is Frank Digital. And we shoot a bunch of footage, test footage with performers and different uh, test scenarios. And then we take that footage and then we go and do a full post day um, and and go with a post production supervisor and go and and cross reference the footage that's been shot so that the participant can see the, the difference between the various camera systems and what you can do with that camera system in post. So we're very fortunate FTM to have those relationships with those uh, companies that that allow us to to do specialty training and get the equipment in the hands of the actual technicians. And I think uh, Michael, you'd said earlier when we were chatting, um, one of the big changes I think was the move from film analog going into actual digital. And FTM was one of the first companies in, in the country to actually get a hold of a red camera and do full-on training, I think with Sim Video was the company we worked with and partnered with at the time, which is about 15 years ago. And uh, there's a, an instructor for film training Manitoba, Kaylee Gibson, that works uh, in the camera department. I'd recommend getting him on your show, Kaylee's. Anybody, I'll take anybody. Send him my <laughs> get Kaylee Gibson. I mean, he's he he's a very talented guy. But uh, Kaylee talks about it that in Manitoba, and I don't know which production it was, but we were one of the first regions uh, in North America to actually shoot digitally, I think on a red camera.
0: That's I, my, my follow-up to that was like, the evolution of the film industry is changing every day. How are you staying current? Well, you obviously, when the red camera came out, and I'm a layman, so I'm not even going to pretend to know that i know only know that those are very fun fancy cool cameras at the time like they were they're the cadillac right of cameras and so to go grab one and offer a course on that you're showing you're like hey no we're serious come to manitoba if it's almost like this might be i mean yes vancouver and toronto the metropolitan the direct flights even calgary right they've got their industries as well and that's great because that's a strong Canadian film industry, and everybody wants that because you want to be able to go all across the country. But it seems that Manitoba is a place to come learn, to come experience, to come trial and error here. There's support for you. There's a community here for you, and if you want to get in it, you can. Um, what has that been like watching over the years as the film evolution industry here has changed? Film industry evolution has changed. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, over the years, watching the scale of production continue to grow and build, and watching productions that, um, you know, obviously the, in the beginning of the film industry, which was the late 1990s, really when those tax credits came in, to start to see it build and grow uh, has been really unbelievable. I, I think before, uh, in about 1997, I might be wrong on this, but it was around $20 million of production that used to shoot. Uh, around when the I think that was probably the first tax credit year, um, and then I believe the last audited fiscal year for Manitoba Film and Music, and I might not be right right on these numbers, but I think it was uh, 269 million in total production shot yeah. volume shot. Here you'll have to cross reference this with the Film Commission because the Film Commission really is the leadership role of of um, attracting and uh, promoting those tax credits and administrating those tax credits, and then also. Promoting our industry to the studios and 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 uh, connecting with uh, the industry in Manitoba to the offshore or um, uh, productions that are coming from from outside the province. Um, so the film commission really has a lot of that st- those statistics, and they're the ones. So I'm just citing, you know, from the, the last one. <laughs> one that I saw, and I, I never want to speak. I never speak for them, of course. They they can they can substantiate it and and, uh, and cover all that stuff, but. Um, yeah, the Film Commission plays such a critical role and they've really been involved in attracting and building and getting that production here in a big way. But seeing the scale of production. So, for instance, I remember when uh, A Dog's Purpose uh, shot here, which was, which was a Sony production, um, large scale film production. I think Lousy Hellstrom was the... Um, was the director? I think he shot all the ABBA videos. Uh, a lot of the ABBA videos from the seventies, which are great. I think "Take a Chance on Me" has this great dolly move with the crane. That's so nice that he would have built it. But uh, nonetheless, you know, seeing all these scales of these productions uh, shooting here in Manitoba has been—it's been really an enjoyable thing to see.
0: What about you, Allison? How 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 has it been from your perspective of watching? Like, I mean, I think, and you guys can tell me I'm wrong, and I'm sure you will because I probably am, but uh, the I think everybody, the Jennifer Lopez, Richard Gere, Shall We Dance, made us, as a city, aware that this is a place to film. But it was long before that that there was still a film industry here. But I think just the name drop alone kind of... And I mean, to me, that's when I was like, oh, wait a minute, people shoot movies in my town? What the hell are they making movies for here? And then slowly but surely, you, you find out that there's this like blossoming film community here and yeah. it, you know, so like, was, was that the moment for you? Or, I mean, was there, was there another kind of little historical memory for you?
1: Um, I guess sort of just no, 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 noticing the production size growing, you know, like even like when I, when I was doing my internship with FTM, which is around like 2003. So a lot of the films that I got placed on, um, you know, there was a combination of yeah, guy Madden was shooting and around the same time uh, Seven Times Lucky was being shot at the same, t- like around the same time as well. So I had, um, so I knew of some people who were working on Seven Times Lucky, which is a uh, produced, directed by Gary Yates. And then along that, there was like all these, um, there was a, a production, an American production uh, produce company shooting here. And they they shot all these back-to-back-to-back movies of the week types of things. So I knew a lot of people got their, cut their teeth on these movies of the week. And so I got a chance to work on some of them. And, and they already know they had actresses from, sitcoms like golden you know um designing women or growing pains you know so it was just that they were playing these like you know movies of the week so that was you know a lot of a lot of growth through that. and it just kind of grew and grew and grew so the levels and the budgets grew but um i and i i remember working in the costume department on one of these and the the types of people that they would they would they would fly in actors from vancouver to play newscaster for a day like like that they would just kind of and so they would have to dress, you know, and bring in an actress and buy a costume pieces for them to do one bit playing newscaster and standing in front of the legislative. So I kind of noticed that you'd see um, production growing and, uh, the, you know, um, you know that, that level just kept growing.
0: Yeah, and, and I, as soon as I found out that we were and a place and a, and a thing was being done here, I started to know, I, um, just, just Kill Me with Ben Kingsley and tia leone that was one uh there was a mark paul um uh not mark paul Gosler from saved by the bell zach zach not zach um uh, uh uh fast and furious help me out here adam paul walker paul walker was here for one and then i remember having a moment outside of a bar and bill paxton was here shooting something and we had a lovely conversation about why winnipeg is not pretentious, and the art scene here is amazing, and he had so much fun while working, and blah, 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 and I was like, okay, all right, Winnipeg is a film capital, just admit it, Michael. <laughs> but uh, you, guys have, you guys have both mentioned that you have these previous lives of film, and we talked about it before, and I think it's a great time to mention it, because you're talking about working on set, Allison and Adam, You you've got stories for days. How did you guys find yourself in the film world to to get into FTM, like was was that both something you wanted to do on the administrative side, Allison? Sorry with you.
1: Um, I guess think I just uh, there's just an opportunity there, and then I just my brain started to develop uh, just with, I just got fascinated with organizing, administrating, and just kind of setting up my own system, and that's kind of what my first uh, exposure to FTM was doing. That I was kind of taking over all this administrative paperwork and reporting, and it was just it just looked like this alien language to me about. How, so just to make it, it was just uh, this heavily heavy governmental language. But then I started my brain sort of functioning around it and, and I just started to, you know, understand it. And it was just very comforting reading that. And now I'm kind of, I I enjoy doing the administrative side of this. And it's, uh, uh, you know, I, I like it. I think I've, you know, it's, uh, I just kind of learned from scratch in a way. So I kind of, uh, um, but just taking some, uh, you know, founding uh, some management courses, it just, it kind of helped to, Gel it all together for me. Um, it's interesting because I
2: think both of us are, are people that kind of uh, uh, use multiple areas of our skill sets. So, for instance, we're both uh, people that have taken human resource training. So, I have a my CPHR, and then uh, Allison as well is an, is uh, completing her her um, courses towards the designation. And so, with with human resources, you're in the in the realm of helping to develop a workforce. Um, And doing the things that we do as a company and as a business, uh, Film Training Manitoba does, but also because of the fact that we have experience of working in production um, for many, many years. So my background um, essentially was that as a little boy, I was working in film. Um, In 1987, I did a film uh, called Monster in the Colbin, which was an NFB film. And it played at the Toronto International Film Festival. I think it's about 20 20 minutes in length. Do you have a copy Uh, of that at all? You know the film group has a has a copy and i think you can go and watch it and i, I kid you not i look exactly the same <laughs> when i was seven i just looked smaller but i literally you're gonna see and you're gonna be like my goodness he looks exactly the same that's what everyone says but you know from there i ended up you know working as an actor for many years and i, I took the national screen institute of canada's features first program and I shot some independent features and, and uh, shot two episodes of series television as well for uh, uh, a series that shot a couple of years back called In Plain Sight as, as, the, as the director. Um, and I've been consistently involved in film really my whole life. Um, and so it's a natural fit for me to go and work at Film Training Manitoba. And I think the thing is with Allison and I, an area that for both of us, I think we're just really excited about being involved in the training realm because we still work in film full time. Yeah, Uh, we've got this nice balance because we we support production. We work with production. Um, We aren't necessarily the administrative workers or the technical workers on that individual film entity, but we are providing a support and a service uh, to our industry through a variety of things that the organization does.
1: Yeah, it's it's also just it's been really fun just organizing workshops on really cool subjects. You kind of learn about the subject. You kind of uh, it's while you're researching it, or even just you have to get reading information about it. Or like for example, I was able to organize a workshop on a, it's a costume like garment breakdown. And it, we it was this, there's an organization in Toronto called Kath and they're like a I don't uh, and they're like a costume costume association for people that work in the costume industry in Toronto, like who are sty- you know, sort of stylists or you know TV or movie personnel. And so they have their own um, curriculum and courses they offer. So we um, leased their, their curriculum, they brought out an instructor. And so we did a whole weekend workshop on how to break down, how to make a new pair of jeans look battered and bruised with bullet holes in it and blood and how to do that. So we had this professional from Toronto who works on a lot of major TV series and films in Toronto. you know, And she's an expert in her field, like teach this course for over a weekend. So it was just really cool kind of like organizing that. And it was a lot of work, but I had a good assistant and we did that at, uh, at the U of W's uh, costume lab. So in a, on, a, on a weekend when the school was quiet and moved about to... I think there was eight eight, uh, crew members. So it was a really small, intimate course with um, there was, it was a lot of work was it was expensive to put together, but you know, well worth it. So these kind of, uh, so those those are some exciting things to get involved in, just seeing the outcome of it. Like the appreciation of some people say, we've been wanting this for so long. So we just like, okay, let's, let's do it. We took, we bit the bullet and we just did it because it was such an uh, an ask over the years. And you just kind of know, yes, we know, we know. And then you're like, let's do something about it then.
2: You know, the one that jumps out at me, Allison, you'll plug your ears because you probably heard me tell this story so many times. But uh, years ago, we got a call from a production uh, production manager here that was doing a, a show called Haunting in Connecticut. Yeah. And uh, this is a horror film, uh, shot all here in Manitoba, all principal photography shot in Manitoba. And although it took place in, in Connecticut, uh, but there was a scene in the film, uh, and these are all spoiler alerts, where essentially... Um, there's a, a young man living with his parents and he lives in the basement and these zombies jump out on him. And you're not sure when watching the film, you know, where the, where he's at, whether this is something in his imagination or whether he really is seeing this. And the production called and said, you know, we have a scene in this movie where this is what's going on, where these zombies jump out and we're looking at our schedule and, you know, we need, we need to hire some people to come work. Would Film Training Manitoba organize a two day intro to zombie special effects? Yes, please. The production said, we'll cover all the costs. We're going to pay for a makeup kit. And we have, um, you know, an instructor that will walk everybody through it. And we posted on our website and within the day it sold out. But, you know, at the time I was a staff member. This is when I, I was a couple of years into working at FTM at the time. And uh, I remember seeing the posting and thinking, man, this is so cool. I'd love to take the day off just to take this. But I was kind of res- reticent to, to do that. Because I thought, well, I don't have any experiences with makeup and doing makeup. I kid you not, that instructor took everybody through from point A to point B, almost like baking a cake where he gave them the instructions and they opened up their kit and they stenciled on the actual, uh, there was these lettering that they had and then the foundations that they put on. And then they had a, a, uh, a piece of, um, it was a prosthetic that they put over the eyes. that They used a special glue. And boy, oh boy, over the course of the, the two days of the workshop, it was so impressive where they started and where they ended. And um, I remember we organized the course. And at the end of the course, the instructor came to me and said, I think we're just going to hire everyone that took the course to come work on the show to do the special effects. And that was, I think, a $50 or $70 workshop, $75, something in there. But they got a $200 makeup kit, got two days of instruction. Jesus. They got hired to go work on a studio film that debuted at number two at the North American box office. And I have a friend in Los Angeles that I every once in a while give him a call and touch base about what's going on within, uh, at, in LA. And he said, boy, oh boy, Adam, you know, if that course was held in Los Angeles, you'd have a riot. You'd have, you'd have thousands of people showing up, you know, kicking the door in to get into something like that And in, in Manitoba the people there have this opportunity, it's posted, you have an organization and registers, uh, registers them. And all these folks got the opportunity to go work on a studio film doing special effects makeup. So I think it illustrates, you know, a lot of those connections that we have within production to organize, coordinate, and then essentially help people find their way into the industry. So we're not necessarily we're not a hiring hall or we're not a traditional HR organization where we we vet people, but we have these courses and then allows people to transition into into our industry.
0: No, you're, you're, I know you're not those things, but you're an amazing organization that makes it attractive to want to jump into something that on TV, in the movies, it it's, they're worlds apart. Like you're bridging the gap for a lot of kids who may listen to this, hopefully, that go, hey, I've been thinking about getting in film. And then they jump on board. Like, I think it's just the fear of uh like the the industry is already rife with rejection because how do you how do you addition you 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 show up and you try (laughs) and hopefully you're picked so it's it's very cut and dry like that but for you to soften the blow and say no come here we offer these courses we we want to show you the way and educate you the best as possible and then you know if you're from alberta and you're like i don't know if i can do it here come to manitoba and do it move here and learn yeah Yeah, come
2: to manitoba in terms of there is a lot of opportunities here within the crew positions and, and all kinds of positions in the industry. And you're exactly right. We, we as, as an organization, Film Training Manitoba very much bridges that gap. And the thing I always say to people is call our organization, contact us. We can do one-on-ones, uh, free sessions where we meet with people and advise them on getting into the industry. And we exist as an organization really to connect with people to help them find their way into the industry and i always just say to people i mean, this is an incredible opportunity people are having uh, to come and work in our industry it's uh I, I think our services in terms of what we do as an organization the value is really there as a non-for-profit we're able to do things so affordably and again we have such great connections with the industry uh, that when we do programming, for the most part, there tends to be some type of partnership implication, where a partner is working with us um, to do something where there is a skills gap.
0: Allison, what's what do you love the most about watching someone's budding film career take off?
1: Um, I guess certainly for myself, I uh, I was uh, we did have a, we had an internship program. It was with funding through the the federal government, and however it's on pause, it's on hold, uh, there's just, you know, with the federal government, there's always changes with the funds that's available, so, but seeing some of these individuals that I, w- that I met, so, like they're, you know, they would uh, come through our door, and they would uh, not really have any understanding of film, like, they would just, like, they graduate from films, from a film program, but other than that, they were, they were un- unaware of, like, the multiple other positions within the, that make up this industry, because if you're only familiar with, director actor cameo but then they learned so many more about other positions and then they would go through this internship program and you know they would just see them grow to you know they get their membership with IATSE and then they would become a department head and then you become a trainer and then that full circle with they become the, a trainer now it's so like you're kind of you graduated now you're kind of teaching you know teaching the you know someone that was you like 10 years ago and now you're the now you're the mentors you're the the, the Jedi, or if you want to use a Star Wars, oh, yes. <laughs> <He's come>. yes. <laughs>
0: yes. After this, I'll bring my, uh, I'll bring my lightsaber, and I went to Star Wars. I went to Star Wars Land a year, but right before COVID.
1: But How that's that it? kind of, but you know, that's sort of that, uh, you know, seeing that growth thing. But, like they were once a trainee, they'd kind like, of come through our door, and then now they're grow yeah. up with, well, moved up to their department, their department head, and now they're like in that position where well, they can, with confidence, you know
2: be a trainer themselves you know we had the uh, carl herman uh that worked on the speeder bike sequence for return of the jedi we had him as an instructor a couple of times uh for us uh, another time we did an instructor i forget the fella's name but you'll love this story so he was talking about how he worked on the models for wrath of khan
0: okay here we go and he, he
2: yeah. told the story about this is now a famous story where uh they brought the design of the reliant which was the other ship kind of at odds with the enterprise in in star trek 2 and uh the way the ship was designed they the director came and he signed he initially saw the blueprint and he did a a signature but he did it on the like upside down (laughs) and they were looking at he told this told us this story and he said uh they just kind of then they said i guess he wants the like this part of the ship on the other side so they flipped everything (laughs) Because where the initial was of the director, so they're like, oh, "We'll do it this <laughs> way." The guy told us the story; it was fantastic. <laughs> so, so
0: upside down based on his signature.
2: Yeah, where his signature cool. was So originally, the way the Reliant was was that the thrusters, I guess, were on the top, but in the film, they're yeah. on the bottom. But yep. that's where the the initials were.
0: That's too fun. And I mean, why would why would you think otherwise? Like that that does make. Yeah, fun. the
2: director probably just said, "Oh, that's the design," and this, and so he saw that blueprint and he signed it. But I think he was looking. Uh, Nicholas Meyer is the director of Wrath of Khan, very talented director. Uh,
0: what about you, Adam? Over the last 15 years, I mean, both of you guys have seen a lot of changes in the evolution and watching FTM grow to what it is now, which is a, a university of film courses at one's disposal, which I've researched it, guys. They are really well-priced, like for the knowledge that you get and the amount of time that you you get with some of these people, they're there. And I, I, I just kind of want to let you guys... Go off here, like what are some of the uh, major courses that you've got right now that, that people should know about?
2: My uh, my signal seems like I'm breaking up. Am I okay right now? Can uh, you hear yeah. me okay? Yeah, you're totally yeah, you're okay. Yeah, because yeah, I, I think it's a little, little choppy. Uh, they just kind of did an update of my uh, of my area. The new fiber cables are going in, but um, you know, we have an initiative right now that's been a partnership with ACTRA which is the Union for Actors in in Canada, to attract BIPOC performers. And one of the things that's been um, what we want to do in Winnipeg is have more uh, BIPOC performers, because often we're trying to simulate U.S. cities. So if you're shooting in Chicago that has a larger BIPOC population, more Black performers, uh, you would want to have more Black performers in Winnipeg. And so that's an initiative that we've been doing to attract uh, Asian performers, Indigenous uh, people of color essentially here uh, in Manitoba to take this training. And I have to tell you, it's been a fantastic partnership. Uh, so far, I think it's five initiatives we have with, with ACTRA. And initially we were thinking we would be in sort of the t- 10 to 12 range, but I think we've doubled or tripled that in terms of our attendance for each event. So that's an initiative there. And we specifically uh, worked with ACTRA on this because there was a production called The Porters coming in it's uh, a CBC series that's going yeah. to be very heavy on BIPOC performers. And so when engaging with uh, the producer, uh, local producer, Ian Dimmerman, uh, he was very supportive of us going forward on this initiative to ensure that we were uh, trying to attract and recruit uh, more BIPOC uh, performers to, to our industry. Um, and so those are the types of initiatives that we have. And everything we do tends to be short duration of one or two days. Our longest course uh, is a camera trainee course that we do annually, of course, with COVID this past year, we weren't able to do it, uh, but you're exactly right. We always bring very uh, uh, accomplished um, practitioners to do our courses. So I think Michael, you and I were talking about Richard Walter yes. um, was the former head of UCLA screenwriting program. And we did a, a session where we had him do a lecture and then he did one-on-ones with a group of Manitoba writers. And those types of sessions that we've done in the past with the writers have been very successful. So, for instance, a uh, very capable director, I think you profiled before, Sean Linden.
0: Yes. Sir. Um, we love Sean.
2: Our we had him before.
0: Yeah, we had him on
2: for Hunter Hunter. And yeah, if you have a movie, watch it. Yeah, he, he, uh, he workshopped Hunter Hunter um, through one of our courses that we did with Carl Herman, or sorry, uh, Carl Gottlieb, um, who's the uh, writer of Jaws. Um, screenwriter of Jaws and he actually had originally Carl uh, Gottlieb had uh, roots in Manitoba I think his great grandparents are from Manitoba so he traveled here before and uh, he had actually done like a pilgrimage to find uh, the homestead that his grandparents originally had and I actually went with Carl uh, while he was here and we actually visited his great grandparents uh, grave which is in a cemetery um, yeah off of um, off of McPhillips I think uh, we went out there together and he did a photo and he sent it to his sister. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, we have very good quality training and courses that we do around the clock. Uh, as I said, 35 to 65 individual courses, and very rarely do the programs have prerequisites because we're always trying to attract, yeah, yeah. Uh, Anatobins to the training. Um, but my, my recommendation to anyone hearing the podcast is to go to our website and sign up for the newsletter. It's free. And then also to follow us on Facebook. And I, uh, Michael, I want to thank you for sharing our posts. Oh, um, you're great. Like I,
0: I, I, you, you invited me as we've been talking. I, I would love to attend some of these. I'm going to make a, a point to attend as much as I possibly can, but mm-hmm. I think everything you guys do is abs- from somebody who has taken on this kind of show. I was like, well, I got a backyard full of talent. It's, It's ridiculous it's late. It's just silly to go anywhere else until uh, all of you are fed up with me. So, um, it's, it's, it's great. Um, you, you, mentioned all these courses. Um, I'm walking off the street and I don't know a thing. What would you, what do you, What what's the basic package? What, what is something that people could go and look at right now on the websites so that they would be like, um, informed? Like what, 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 Allison, what are the, what are the three or four things that you'd start somebody off with?
1: Um, yeah, certainly the, the set orientation just so if you want like a general overview of, pr- of production and um, I think safety awareness is quite you know a, a, the important cor- course to learn as well as just uh, you know we've made some developments to that course and said so, so about uh, your own personal safety and your safety awareness with on uh, um, um, production um,
2: I'd also say you know jump in on, yeah. on this to say that book a time with Allison or yeah. myself. You know, and Allison this, is, is such an experienced person with career coaching. So myself or Allison, anyone yeah. could do time with us. But yeah, that. just
1: um, yeah. certainly. Uh, when I chat with people, and we I mentioned uh, other organizations as well, just to gather some like gather your film intelligence. You know, like subscribe for many newsletters that are free, like our newsletter, Film Group newsletter, National Screen Institute. Everyone has Facebook now, so follow that. Follow them on Facebook, and there's so many other ad hoc organizations like uh, community groups and just you know get as much knowledge as you can if it's free so just take your time reading that and then um if there's something that really sticks out that really that you do just try it out you know like um or go to a film screen and join you know like the winnipeg film group i mean um i volunteered at the film group and uh you know i i volunteered on some other and this is like you know one day when they can get do film screenings again. But you know, I'd volunteer on film screenings and you know I'd make help you know, hand out the cheese, but I was there at a film screening. I was I would inter- interact with the you could chat with the director or a, you know while you know you're volunteering and you're getting drinks ready. It was but it was fun like doing that, like this to get involved in those aspects and you know just see what other courses are interest you. And um that's kind of one package you know takeaway with that um when we they come in when someone comes in to chat
0: with us, and so so instead of just going to a website and being like, I think I need this. Somebody wants to take your call and and talk to you. Yeah, and we'll talk, and talk to them. To we'll,
2: we'll, I'm just we'll blown away by
0: how cool you guys are. I am that that is the one thing about this that just keeps coming back. Like you're such f- lovers of this industry, and you want to see.
1: just uh, especially if you take the time, and you'll. Uh chatter off for like 45 minutes and then you know I'll do a nice follow-up email like here's everything that I highlighted here's some links like here's this link so um and if somebody like you get that bite and you see them at a course you're like oh they came that's that's a one small victory there so it's like you know because I'm sure Adam and I can chatter to how many people and then you're like there's one or two people that kind of pop up and you're like that's that person they were they had a cool background they did this they did that you know and
2: I, yeah, We have those we have those A huge amount of success stories where we know because we receive the crew lists uh, here in town of seeing the productions and, and we remember, hey, we talked to this person or we had this conversation or that's this individual. And, you know, the tricky thing about our industry is the film industry is marketed through actors, writers, directors, to lesser extent, producers as well. But people don't often think about all those other awesome, cool jobs that exist in the industry that pay well, uh, that are highly skilled. So if you work in costume, if you work in makeup, if you work in the lighting department, if you work in camera, those are jobs that people can work in. And uh, Film Training Management has programming and courses and and advice that we can give you about how you go about working in the industry. So I think before, Michael, you'd said that we're an organization that bridges the gap. I think that's a fantastic way of putting it.
0: Yeah. Like I, 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 we had talked before and I said, there's two reasons I want to talk to you. One, you are the unsung heroes. You're the behind the scenes. You're the ones that, you know, might get a 30 (laughs) second in the special features because you were there that day putting out some fire. And um, as I've mentioned before, with the day job and whatnot, I'm proxy to you guys. And I talked to a lot of PMs and APs and, and, and department heads and the, the anxiety and exasperation and excitement in their voice all at the same time. Is so uniform. I, I I can just hear the insanity that's going on behind them. But um, these are people that are way down at the bottom of the credits, and it takes a village to raise. What is I'm going to script this thing? What does it take a, a village, a, a family to raise a child, or a village to raise a family? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Is that there's a there's there's a hundreds of people involved in this, and and this is the place where you can learn how to still be in it but you know if you don't want to be an actor you can be in lighting if you don't want to be in costuming you can be in administrative like it's the 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 sky is essentially the limit because you're in the industry of make-believe um to those people who are like well you know what quentin says you just go out and start learning and shooting stuff screw it screw going to school screwing all that i don't believe in that i mean that's him that's his story that's his path sure why not Um, To anybody out there who's like, well, do I need these? What's the benefit of them? That's what I want people to know is that what what does this get you in terms of a seat at the table or an interview, so to speak?
2: So we uh, do evaluations on every activity that we have. And in a given year, we rank from anywhere from 94 to 97 percent agreement from participants either agree or strongly agree that our training has helped them on their job or career. I think that's a great number a because big, if you were to yeah. ask the average person on the street corner, do you like chocolate cake? You're not going to get 94 to 97% no. approval of chocolate cake. And I love chocolate cake. So, I, I mean, I just, <laughs> I, I think that we have a great record with respect to, to the outputs of what our training does and linking it up directly to our industry.
0: You you do. And everybody who I've had the chance of talking to has mentioned you in some way, shape or form, like you are a threat. Awesome that is through all of this and in, in passing or in direct conversation and uh yeah it's it's um it's it's great to see. I'm just like they're over there making stuff happen. Now you guys what what is it that you love about film? Let's talk about your film love. Before we let you go, let's find out what drives you in 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 this world of make believe. So Allison, let's start with you cuz me and Adam have been just up over here um so where do you fall in the genre world what do you what attracts you to film what do you love about film who do you love right now what have you seen any of those questions or anything i haven't Um,
1: i just just uh recently i uh over the christmas i treated myself to i I got a blu-ray of once upon a time in hollywood so i kind of I, i kind of uh I, I really like that story of, uh, you know, like the, of LA in that time period. So I, I, I and I, and I like, uh, Tarantino was a story, storytelling. So that was, um, what I've kind of just been recently, recently watched and kind of just, uh, re-loved again.
2: <laughs> yeah. You should tell, Allison. you should tell them about, uh, Cardiff.
1: Oh, oh, and then actually, yeah, sorry. And then at a board meeting, we did a little icebreaker and over the, a few, like my my partner is from the UK, and uh, we went to go visit his family this three years ago, and um, we we're both avid Doctor Who fans, like the classic and yeah. and uh, they were doing a 50 year anniversary this Doctor Who experience at Cardiff in Cardiff at the, B- the the BBC the BBC is they have a, a studio wow. in Cardiff, and they did a 50 year retrospective of Doctor Who, and it was all like the props and the and the costume pieces and just all the memorabilia whatever they could find. And uh, so we kind of watched, you know, saw the uh, the Daleks and the Cybermen, all the you know the, the props that they built. And uh, for an extra few pounds, you could go to the BBC studio, which is down the street, and see the actual TARDIS, like where they were shooting it. So it was wow. that it was when Peter it was when Peter it was when Peter Capaldi was still uh, finishing up his term. So it was C- Peter Capaldi's TARDIS with his guitar and. Uh, you know, that he plays. So we got to see that for a few extra pounds, go see the TARDIS. So that was, uh,
0: what is it about was, uh, my, my stepdad is a huge doctor who nut, and he actually, mm-hmm. got his internet cut off while he was illegally trying to obtain it. <laughs> MTS mm-hmm. gave him a call and said, stop what you're doing. And, uh, anyways, besides the point, but what is it that drives you doctor who fans nuts? I, I think it's a great premise. I just, I, it never pulled me in, but what, what is it? What's in the fabric of the doctor? Who world? I would just
1: say even just watching the black and white of it and just seeing how they were building the monsters and uh, <laughs> the, the, the eeriness of black and white. And uh, so even just watching some of the classic ones, but just, yeah, just the atmosphere and how they were able to create such amazing little costume pieces. out of simple, like bubble wrap, you know, and this monster looks, but it's just somebody having a bubble wrap wrapped around their hand. It's taint. You know, painted green and to look like that and to shoot it on a really grainy camera. It has such a, you know, cool effect. with just like having so little to make something that's so, you know, epically cool, you know, so it's kind of um, things that I'm kind of drawn into watching uh, old bits of uh, grainy science fiction. And you can tell like, you know, how, how cool it looks with, but they had so little at the time with the film stalker. And-
0: the, the very rudimentary, Uh, Yeah,
1: rudimentary, but how to make rudimentary look so good? Yeah,
0: no, they. I mean, I, I, when I was talking about my lightsaber earlier from Star Wars Land, um, they, the old in Universal Studios, the old movie theater there is now a shrine to uh, movie makeup and movie makeup history. So they've got Lon Chaney's old kits um Mm -hmm. got set pieces from stuff that james cameron has done stuff that rick baker has done like is it and i just got drawn into it because i we just started doing the show and we talked to doug morrow manitoba makeup artist and doug has graciously brought one of uh brought jimmy out to his farm pre-covid and uh did uh did a makeup piece on him and like taught jimmy how it's all done like he was so he was so cool about it but uh that that whole uh, world that you're speaking of like the basics of of science fiction the the bubble wrap with the makeup yeah, and, right and right. the cotton that they used right like stuff that was so yeah. bad for you but they made it look so good
1: yeah it was just so like you see it up close and you're like wow this doesn't look scary when you see that post that and what we saw was some that were some of the pieces were falling apart over the years because they were just left in such poor condition you know pretty much left for trash but to see them now being you know this profound effect but now there's kind of uh, that was just such basic materials
0: yeah yeah we love nostalgia that's for sure
1: yeah.
0: adam what about you what what drew what What do you love about film what do you love about your genres what what draws you to this world of fake and awesome at the same time
2: yeah i think the element of of getting pulled in by cinema and the magic of cinema is always where i go and as i've gotten older i remember i was so much uh, when, when I was younger, I used to sort of really be, oh, I don't like this or I like this. And, and I found as I've gotten older to sort of have an appreciation, even for films that maybe they went off the rails and they didn't quite turn out the way that the filmmaker had hoped, you still can have a level of appreciation in them as to what happened and the, 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 the history behind them, the decisions that were made, why those films are the way they were. I regret this. We almost had Sidney J. Fury uh, come instruct for us. Uh, he's, a, he's a director that would be in his 80s now, um, and he directed uh, something called The Ipgris File in 1965 in, um, in England. And, but he also directed Superman 4, uh, which is a film that really kind of went off the rails in a big way. Yes. Um, and I remember I was talking to him on the phone a bunch of times and just getting the opportunity to engage with him and talk to him about film and, and uh, I mean, he's a guy who has an amazing film career but for me it's, it's the element of, of that where you have a talented filmmaker who has a vision and has an idea, and how the all all of the parts work together. I mean, if you take a film, and I think that's the one thing people are now discovering a lot more, you're just going back because you're a Star Wars fan. I'm a Star Wars fan as well. I mean, uh, I think it's Ralph McQuarrie that did uh, all of the designs, uh, uh, a lot of the storyboards and things for, for um, Star Wars that, I mean, the designs of the, of the, of the masks and, and of the, the Death Star and of the various uh, TIE fighters and all those things, the design element of film is so important as well. So it just depends on, you know, as a filmmaker, uh, getting the access to that talent and getting access to people that work within cinema So for me, that's always very exciting. And I've always been someone that's also been drawn to the cinematic element of the way a film looks and and seeing an individual director of photography work. And often if you see uh, a a director of photography and you follow their work, it's not just directors that have um, their own uh, unique look, but also cinematographers, the way that they light and shoot things. Um, And there's so many masters within film, whether it's the, the cinematography or the editing or the directing or costume. Um, so for me, I'm always very connected with the element of the craft side of it as well. I think that's mm-hmm. why I got into the element of doing training and working with with technicians and administrative workers, because out of a love and respect for uh, for their work as well.
0: Yeah, as I as I was talking with you guys earlier. I oh,
2: I froze, I think.
0: Nope, you're still coming in. Don't worry about it. Everything is fine. Can you hear me?
1: I think he froze. Did, I fr- Did he freeze?
0: Oh, I possibly froze. Am I good? Can you guys hear me? And that, ladies and gentlemen, is exactly where Zoom decided to say, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going home. So if you want to find out more about Film Training Manitoba, head to filmtraining.mb.ca. That is where you can learn more about Allison and Adam that we didn't get to talk about today, as well as other amazing staff at FTM. Uh, You can find out when their workshops are happening, they've got their workshop calendar there. You can find out the courses and what they offer and what the costs are. Uh, their training resources and the origin story of Film Training Manitoba is there as well, too. Uh, FilmTraining.mb.ca uh, You can find them on Facebook. Just search Film Training Manitoba. And if you want to find them on Instagram, it's at Film Training Manitoba. Thank you again, Adam. Thank you again, Allison. Next time, I promise us more secure internet connection. So then we don't have to abruptly go, crap, Uh, did we get enough? (laughs) As to all of you guys, like always, watch all the movies. Have a great time. See you next week.